Tour, an esports and gaming advisor with over 15 years of experience. So that's pretty big in like blockchain gaming, uh, but I believe it's 15 years of experience as a player in traditional games as well. And you're a coach and consultant for top tier esports organizations uh, with a focus on community engagement and market accessibility. Is that is that correct? What um, what did I forget? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's absolutely right. So uh, I've I'm. I come from an esports background, so uh, 15 years worth of experience as a, a player, a coach uh, to major winning teams, and then I set up a consultancy service a couple of years ago, uh, working with professional service companies such as legal or accountancy and taxation, and helping them with breaching the uh, the gaming market and esports market. Okay, cool. and what games were you playing as a player, and, and which ones were you a coach? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was all uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive and Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Okay. They were my core areas. Uh, and Player Unknown Battlegrounds is where I spent most of my time as a coach, uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive as a player. But it's uh, first person shooters are my realm and uh, my, my love in life, as it would be. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I was a Counter Strike player myself 15 years ago. Um, I didn't succeed in playing long. I was uh, was not that good, but uh, I really liked the game. I remember the map, uh, the Dust or Dust Two. Oh, it yeah. was the map that I was playing hours every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For I people mean, that I, that play Counter Strike, like, like many other professional Counter Strike players, I was I got into the game through my uh, through my older brother Stephen. Uh, he was playing it. He showed it to me. I started playing it, and uh, eventually just became a million times better than he did. Um, and I went on to play um, with with some top teams, um, but my coaching is where I really sort of took off and started to to breach the uh, the esports world. Okay, and and can you explain a little bit more about that? How did you roll into like a coaching role? Did you have like local teams and and traveling with those teams? And how was that? Yeah, I mean, it was actually a. Um, a, a quite a lucky situation that we found ourselves in. So when Player Unknown Battlegrounds became a, uh, a a new game in the esports industry, it was picked up very quickly by streamers and individuals. And there was a team based in the UK called Welcome to South Georgia Paul. They topped their qualifiers. They qualified for the uh, the annual Invitational, the top tournament of the year, as it would be, um, as a unsponsored, unknown entity. Um, being UK based I worked with them and they were eventually bought out by um, Ninjas in Pajamas who you'll be familiar with more mm -hmm. than likely so uh, that's that's how we got into it it was a very uh, a very lucky sort of moment in our opinions because uh, none of us expected to make it to such major tournaments but uh, as the world of esports is everything moves very quickly and moves very uh, very strangely a lot yeah. of things you don't expect yeah, yeah, and the Ninjas in Pajamas, haven't they like an episode on Netflix about esports as well? Yep, yep. So Ninjas in Pajamas, I'd say, are one of the world's foremost esports teams. They are known across yeah. pretty much every major esports uh, platform or game, as it would be. And they're major winners. They're, they're massive, massive. Uh, they've just signed one of the best Counter-Strike Global Offensive players in the world, Device. And their intention is to get back to being the uh, the winning team that they were in the sort of early days of Global Offensive. Awesome. Okay, super cool. I, I just got the feedback that my sound is really loud, so I'm going to try to talk a little bit um, quieter. But um, yeah, for people, um, sorry if, if it's a bit too loud or if the sound is a little bit different, I'll check if I can, uh, can fix this in the next couple of minutes but um yeah thank you very much joseph for being here and i think that why we have you here is because you're 
an expert in the OG gaming space. And now, um, of course, you have seen the blockchain gaming space coming up the last years, but we really are interested in, in, in your view on how how blockchain gaming is perceived by the traditional gamers and how everybody is uh, um, yeah, accepting it and how they interact with it. So um, yeah, let's get this started. We prepared a few questions for you and in 30 minutes, you will get uh, questions from the audience as well. So people in the audience, you can ask your questions by coming on stage, by raising your hand and I'll put you on stage or you can also ask your questions in the chat. Um, yeah, first of all, again, super warm welcome to uh, the Vandy community. Could you um, please say some words or um, yeah, explain more what is esports for you? How big is esports? How big is the market? What, what, what is the definition for you for esports? Oh, I mean, it's, it's probably the easiest answer in the world to, to give. Um, name me another traditional sport that has had the growth that esport has had esports 10 even 10 years ago um but we'll we'll stretch it and say 12 to 13 years ago was a relative unknown to most people unless you were a gamer or you were involved in the industry you probably weren't completely aware that there were tournaments going on uh, and that there was prize money up for grabs if you look at the progress that's been made in the past 10 years You'll see the difference in prize money for top-tier games and AAA titles. You'll see the growth of the industry has superseded that of, for instance, basketball um, and ice hockey, which are major traditional sports. The growth of the industry is non-stop. It's continuing to grow at the, the, the same rate. You look at the prize money pools that come in for games like Dota, which can extend into the 30 to 50 million bracket range. Uh, the prize pool for general tournaments being a quarter of a million to a million contracts for millions of dollars are going out to players these days. So esports for me is what will be the future of traditional sports. Soon enough, we're going to see esports take over the likes of soccer and NFL, and we're going to see gaming become the biggest, uh, the biggest traditional sport on the market, as it would be. So that's what esports yeah. is to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent answer. Thank you for that. And um, so, who are the big investors in the esports business? Are are they like the, the traditional clubs that we know today, like for FIFA? Are they like the Manchester Uniteds that sponsor esports gamers, or who are yeah, the big money machines in esports today? Interestingly enough, this ties in quite well to the consultancy work that I do. So, one of the things that a lot of companies find difficult is community engagement. Getting actually involved with the gaming community isn't as easy as uh, accessing any other sector. Gamers are inherently filled with mistrust because they've been wronged so many times over the past decade, two decades, through uh, game developers and through issues and through stigma of being a gamer. It's very difficult to breach the market. So when it comes to teams trying to directly access, there's been blockers and barriers because esports is very opposed in a community sense to major businesses and corporations attempting to breach the industry. So you'll see companies such as uh, Coca-Cola, who recently released an advert. The advert caused a level of outrage amongst gamers because it profiled an esports player as a young child who's playing World of Warcraft on a massive tournament stage. Mm -hmm. But pretty much every facet of the advert was incorrect in the world of esports. And that is immediately how you a, manage to alienate yourself from the, uh, the industry, as a lot of companies have done. So with regards to FIFA, as an example, there are teams out there. Uh, Schalke 04, for example, are involved in esports. Uh, Manchester City have started to get involved in esports. Uh, but you'll find that it's players more than actual teams who are wanting to get involved. 
Um, we've seen the likes of Christian Fox from uh, from Leicester City, who has his own team. We've seen David Beckham, obviously, with Guild Esports. So there's scope for the individuals to get involved, which then leads the teams in later once they understand the sector. I mean, Rick Fox is probably the best example of an individual of that style who went from being a professional basketball player, saw his kid playing uh, esports and decided, you know what, that's the industry I want to be in. And they started up uh, an esports team, which unfortunately didn't go too well, but it's, uh, it's, it's a roadmap for others to get involved as it would be. Okay, and, and would you say that it's still early? Because when I hear um, it's mostly like individuals and players that are investing in those type of teams, is it still early? And will the bigger companies or the bigger players uh, start investing more and more in it? Or is it already like well established and, um, and consolidated today? No, by, by all means, there's so much scope for growth in the industry through the involvement of major corporations once they start to understand the ecosystem as it would be um that's the the biggest barrier to most companies joining esports has nothing to do with money it has nothing to do with viability at the end of the day you're talking about a market of a billion people it's one of the easiest targeted markets in the world but one of the most difficult to penetrate purely due to the fact that you have to be accepted by the community to be successful so the growth is there to be taken if we continue to get major corporations involved on the terms of the esports teams themselves then we'll see massive growth going forward but you don't have to look too far to see the likes of for instance uh, Fnatic esports uh, they recently signed a deal with Gucci so there's already a level of that uh, entanglement to traditional business but what we need to see is companies doing something for the esports esports industry before they start to try and stamp their mark on it as it would be Cool. That is exciting to hear when we know that esports is already so big and that there's still like a lot of room for growth. And I see a lot of similarities between esports with community and being accepted by the community and blockchain, um, where blockchain has really strong communities as well, where the best blockchain projects, they just don't do marketing. They have do their biggest marketing machine is their community. And now with NFTs, of course, people can uh, get rewards or or get like the proof of um, being part of a specific community. But talking about blockchain, how, because of course now you have the, the whole trends uh, with blockchain gaming, how is blockchain gaming perceived by that classic or mainstream uh, gaming community that you know today? So gaming communities are always open to new, new um, technologies, let's put it that way. Um, at the end of the day, it's not something that's going to disturb or confuse your average gamer average gamers can really get on board with blockchain technology and with what it's trying to do uh, it's why you see a lot of interest in specific projects within games and when you see projects such as um, my neighbor alice or those types of games that are currently going around they're the what will essentially be the precursors to the future of blockchain gaming they are setting a precedent they're a proof of concept project that will one day become the projects that for instance gaming are working on whereby we're going to have you know major involvement from games and from blockchain on both sides and we're going to attempt to create something absolutely fantastic that will bring all the gamers to us it's a job that unfortunately as much as gamers do like blockchain there's always going to be hurdles and problems and i think it's it's only a matter of time before it becomes a commonplace to see esports and blockchain within the industry as it would be. Okay, yeah, interesting. And, and yeah, would you say that the 
who's moving first um, from the traditional space? Are are the, the gamers that are moving first and testing blockchain games, or like the team coaches that that say, okay, let's try a different type of game on blockchain, or is more like the sponsors or uh, the club owners who's who's like making the first moves into blockchain gaming? That. In terms of the esports industry, the move into blockchain gaming won't be able to occur until there's a game that is sufficiently equipped for the esports industry. What you find a lot in common terms now is that a lot of games come out and they announce that they're esports ready. One of the most uh, prominent examples is probably Fortnite. They came out and held the Fortnite World Cup and realized after that that their game is not actually esports ready. Um, so until we have a blockchain gaming product that is esports ready, I don't think there'll be anything major in the esports arena. But saying that these types of things can can be an overnight project that people have been working on for five years that announce themselves tomorrow or a week in a week's time. So under no circumstances do I think it won't happen. But I think there needs to be a level of certainty amongst the teams and the owners. So the onus really is on the developers to get something out of the the doors that they can uh, play on an esports scale okay good to know and are there any projects that you know of that, that you think okay this is going to be very promising for the whole e-gamer community uh, to be onboarded into uh, blockchain games currently i wouldn't say there are um I wouldn't say there is a, a large amount of games at the moment that are that are close to being ready. I think there needs to be a focus on what the actual activities are within the games that that lead it to being an esport. Obviously, esport is meant to be a competitive nature game, so most of the games that are out at the moment that I've come across are, are aren't really competitive in nature as it would be. So I think there's there's scope for improvement at the moment rather than picking out of the uh, the existing batch. But then again, I don't think anyone's targeted an actual esports demographic blockchain game to that standard yet. So maybe at some point someone will pick up the project and say, let's run with it and, uh, and we'll end up with a game like that. But I don't think there's one on the market right now that fits the current bill that we would require. Okay. And uh, let's talk a little bit about gaming as well. Um, you're chief gaming officer at, at uh, yeah, gaming. Can yeah. you explain, like in your words, what, uh, what gaming does today what it will do in the future what what the vision is after the project and the company gaming yeah of course so i mean gaming's been around now for around four years in totality i've been with the company for two years uh, and i recently came on full-time as their chief gaming officer so i've been advising them over over the past few years after meeting their chief operating officer clive through a, a chance encounter as it would be so gaming is an incredible project. The entire sort of scope started off on the idea of what if we could harness all of the unused process power from gamers' PCs. Now, I'm a gamer. I, my PC runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I, I can leave it turned on and walk away and just forget that it's there. So what if we were able to monetize that for users? Well, there are a billion active gamers so you could infer from that that there's you know a fair few high-quality PCs out there that would be able to monetize and generate but what we started to see was that there's a lot of facets beyond that that we can get into so currently we're working on a lot of uh, special projects as they would be um we've got work on our nft marketplace ongoing we've got work on uh, introducing nfts into AAA titles as they exist currently and we're also working on a variety of other um other areas that we're, will will probably come out over the next few weeks or months, uh, which you'll be very, very interested in. 
Okay, yeah, make sure everyone to follow Gaming on uh, on Twitter and you can join the Discord as well. Um, to keep up to date about their progress, it's uh, it's neat true. It's um, like big vision and a really strong vision and team behind gaming. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to have uh, the chief gaming officer here. And chief gaming officer is like the first time I saw that title. How, how did you come up with that? Oh, uh, I mean, there's there's chief uh, chief gaming officers <laughs> out there at the moment elsewhere, but um, it it's one of those. It's where do you fit someone in this industry now? We're we're going to see a lot more of these titles coming out. You're going to see stuff like chief esports officer, chief gaming officer, um, across a variety of industries. I mean, I my background after esports was law and accountancy, and even now I'm starting to see legal firms and accountancy firms that are setting up their own esports departments because it's essential. So. The chief gaming officer title just came because uh, it just made sense <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a badass. It's a super cool title. Um, yeah, you, you were talking about um, NFTs and um, bringing NFTs to games. Is, is that for you like the, the, the must for games to integrate blockchains for NFTs? Or what, uh, what do you think is a, is a must for integration of blockchain technology in, in games? I mean, NFTs is obviously a, a, one of the strongest points that you can you can make uh, in regards to for end user and reward. That's what they're into. I mean, if you take one look at, for instance, Steam Marketplace as a as a centralized marketplace within the Steam uh, network, you can't transfer money out of that network. You transfer money into it. You can purchase skins for, let's say, Counter Strike Global Offensive, and anyone who's ventured into that world knows that some of those skins can get to an insane price. Um, what if we were to replicate that with NFTs? What if you had an NFT version of, let's say, an AWP Dragon Law? That that skin trades for $3,000 as it sits currently. You now have an NFT version. There's so much scope for growth within the NFT market and creating things that are you know, beyond the scope of what exists in current in-game assets. And at the end of the day, the introduction of NFTs is just going to see another boost to that in an in-game purchase market that we've uh, we've seen grow over the past years. I think it was last year it jumped by 20% in the first half of 2020, which took global spending on in-game purchases to around $50 billion. So it's an obvious place for blockchain technology to target NFTs within games. But beyond that, there's so many uh, potential applications for blockchain within the industry, whether it be in esports with keeping the game fair whether it be within uh, gaming traditionally and uh, expanding the horizon as it would be of regular AAA titles. Because if, if you found that Rockstar released Grand Theft Auto 6 and it was all blockchain-led, that would probably be the best-selling game of 2022 or 2026 or whenever it's going to end up coming out. But that's the level that we're at now, whereby there's so many areas that we could get involved with in terms of blockchain technology and gaming. But NFT is probably the best one to target just due to the amount of hype around it at the moment as well as the enjoyment that will come with owning those nfts for the end user okay cool yeah i'm definitely a buyer if uh gta or grand theft auto comes out with nfts on the blockchain um talking about blockchain and play to earn of course play to earn um is, is being built in any recent blockchain based game lately um but Play to earn. How how would you see like the concept of play to earn for the traditional gamers? Because of course, the traditional gamers they're paid with um with with yeah with with prizes at tournaments, but also by sponsors and by teams. Um, like how how is play to earn gonna shift for those players? Do you see like professional players going into play to earn, although be another type of players that we will see in the gaming sector, uh, or will it mingle and 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 be one thing? 
where everything is transparent. Play, play to earn for me is it's a great concept. It's a great way to get people involved in your game. It's a great way to get people involved in in blockchain activity. Um, would pay to earn ever make, play to earn sorry ever make it to the esports arena? I I doubt it. I don't think there's a requirement for it in that area at the moment. However, for a game to have play to earn capabilities, you know, it doesn't need to be an esport. And even if it is, the play to earn aspect might just be slightly irrelevant unless it's the core function of the game um there are different varieties to the play to earn concept and i think the way that it sits at the moment where it's just very open and it's a case of anyone can just load into a game play and earn that suits right now for gamers as it sits the more that those rewards start to increase as competitiveness comes into the factor as other companies start releasing their games and people have to choose between what they want to play it's going to become a much more saturated market, but you can then start to lead with other offerings. I know that you've got um, play to collect and uh, you've also then got the idea of play to pay. So if we got into a play to pay system, for instance, I could turn around as gaming and say, if you guys are trying to get to a 3090 graphics card, you'll need to play a game for X amount of hours this week and every week for the next 10 weeks. And you can essentially have what would be like a, a modern day version of Klarna or a modern blockchain version of um, some sort of pay monthly system whereby you play the game or you monetize your GPU or whatever. And in exchange, you get rewarded with the financial um, rewards for utilizing your system. And you can use that towards whatever product you selected upon opening the game. So I think play to pay mechanics could work in the future and could be the next step. But play to earn is a great concept and it will continue to stay around, I think. And I think a lot of games, like we said, AAA titles will start to involve play to earn so long as they can get a kickback from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm also really waiting for that. When I have talks about play to earn, everybody's saying the same thing is, is that to onboard or to make it mainstream, we really need like those big titles of big and good games uh, to come to the market and um, to onboard like the masses. But today... Uh, I see that there are already like very good um, blockchain games or blockchain projects that are have gamified NFTs. Like for instance, I would say Avagachi. Uh, everybody knows that I'm uh, an Avagachi fanboy. But um, Avagachi for you, or blockchain games or blockchain projects with gamified NFTs for you, is it already interesting enough to to spend time in? Are there specific games that that, that you are playing on the blockchain, or do you say no? I prefer staying with the with esports today and and more being there as technology provided for games, um, or are there the games that you that you play today? I mean, I I still stick to my traditional games. However, I've I've tested out the likes of Axie Infinity and um, My Neighbor Alice and those types of games. I've, I've I've trialed them out and had to play around with them. But I, I mean, for me, it's the industry isn't quite prepared yet to onboard the majority of gamers with what they have at the moment. There needs to be, like you say, that AAA involvement or that major title developer involvement is where you're going to get the key adoption that we're looking for in this area. So if the idea here is that, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what's stopping Axie Infinity or any of the existing blockchain games right now just going out and grabbing a top tier, tier one streamer and saying, get everyone playing my game? it's possible they could go out and do it tomorrow. But the reason they don't is more than likely because they're aware that the product isn't ready for that, isn't ready for that yet and the industry isn't ready for it yet. So there needs to be a lot more work involved in the development process before we get to that level. 
Okay, yeah, makes makes total sense. And looking at the title of this talk, the title is um, literally how gaming can help mass adoption of blockchain. What what is your standpoint on this? Will it be gaming that is bringing the mass adoption of blockchain, or was it like DeFi a few years ago? Will it be something else? And what type of of games uh, will bring the mass adoption of blockchain? If you were to take one major title, if you were to take one major title, let's let's take the easiest. Uh highest value title let's say minecraft 120 to 140 million active users per month it's it's a perfect example you will have mass adoption at the moment where major server owners start to realize that blockchain technology is the way to make their servers better the moment that people start to realize that monetization through blockchain or the moment that people start to really realize that the addition of nfts community creation of nfts and even community-owned asset servers, for example, those types of things, once they're developed and they're available, will be the core focus for future development into the adoption of AAA titles. We utilize modded servers in sort of modern gaming as it would be to practice and to utilize different training methods. So if we were to simply utilize those modded servers and then not have to get the direct involvement of the title developer, for instance, then that provides us with a quick boost, but we need the top tier developers involved before we can get the mass adoption that we're looking for. Okay, and then a follow-up question on this. How much longer will it take um, by your experience? Are we talking about in the next months, years, five years? From the perspective of someone in the blockchain industry and in the gaming industry, we, we could be there within the next six months. I mean, at the end of the day, with the work that we're doing at gaming and the work that's being done by other projects that we're aware of, there's the scope that it could be six months to 12 months but that all relies on the top end developers the top sort of uh, game developers being willing to get involved with these projects because at the end of the day it's not like rockstar games or valve are going to go out and employ uh, a team to go out and research and do this themselves they will pair or partner with an existing project so at the moment what I see these projects are is essentially pitch decks to major developers to say, bring us in and we can develop for you. Because what's to stop the developers of Axie Infinity going and working with Rockstar, for instance? That's the scope I see. And I see that being majorly adopted within the next five years. Okay, interesting. And um, like talking even further, if we talk about metaverses, uh, a question we, we often like to ask is, um, how do you see this concept uh, evolve through the future, the concept of metaverses? And especially since there is or still uh, are many hurdles, such as like, the technical support for NFTs uh, created by third parties and, and intellectual property as well. How do you see games and metaverses? Is that a concept that we will look back to in five years? Or is this something that, that, that you at gaming are already envisioning for the near future? Well, I mean, metaverses as a project are an incredible, an incredible uh, feat, as it would be. I mean, you look at the sort of second lifestyle that a lot of them are adopting here. Decentraland is one that immediately comes to mind. You look at the partnerships that they're signing at those types of uh, at those types of companies. They, you know, they're not signing up the likes of you know the corner shop. They're signing up major companies to come and sit on their plot of land. So I do see them having feet. I do see them having legs. You don't need to go that far back to look at um, EVE Online and Second Life and the products that were selling within those games. 
as in-game assets and not as NFTs. There, there was planets that were being sold for a million dollars, as an example, of real-world cash. So for in terms of the uh, adoption of metaverses, I don't see it being a problem. I think there will always be a demographic who are leaning towards that type of, uh, that type of game and that type of gamification. But I, I do think that within the next five to 10 years, we will have a series of very successful metaverses. And beyond that, a series of very successful virtual reality metaverses and potentially AR metaverses. So yeah, the, the, there's a lot of scope for that area and a lot of growth, but it's a very, very new area. So it's one that's very interesting to keep watching as it would be. Well, and, and, and is gaming also um, like ended on that? I mean, when you talk about virtual reality metaverses, I'm believing you're going to need a lot of computing power. And is gaming a solution for, for this challenge as well? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to be the solution for a series of problems, especially ones that involve processing power. If, if there's issues to do with having enough processing power to run a service like that, then that's where we can step in and provide that. So at the end of the day, I think metaverses gaming aren't currently going to develop a metaverse it's not currently something that's within our our roadmap but in five years time it could be that metaverses are the most common thing that you'll come across and yeah we might get involved in that process but at the moment supporting those processes is something that we would be very strong on okay cool um talking about another buzzword in uh, blockchain gaming or in crypto in general is uh decentralized autonomous organizations or the DAOs. How um, do you see like the DAOs? Do you see DAOs being there only for blockchain game projects and blockchain projects, or do you also see like game um, teams or esports uh, esport teams that are looking into a DAO model where the esport team could be uh, managed by the community members or the token holders from those uh, teams? So, although I haven't come across any projects that are in sort of a pipeline as it would be from esports teams it is something that will more than likely be looked at in the future um it's whenever you get involved in the esports industry on this kind of level there's a there's there's a level of uh distrust as it would be and mm. especially when you utilize the words cryptocurrency and blockchain everyone has their immediate jump twos in that and gaming is a good industry because people don't find it as daunting to hear those words but esports teams are still from the very outset businesses i mean you don't have to look far to see that um phase clan recently had a couple of its members involved in a, a cryptocurrency scam and whenever you google phase clan crypto it comes up with the word blockchain a million times so there's an issue of perception uh for esports teams that they have to get past before they get involved in uh in this type of sort of development process but with regards to DAOs and community-owned games as it would be I, I'm always 50-50 on the idea behind it, mostly because games are built on the back of a community. Now, if you introduce a tokenized system such as, let's say, the Socios system, as it would be, whereby you mm -hmm. can collect tokens and you can do voting polls with the entire community who hold tokens, then, yeah, reasonably those types of games could work in the future. But the idea of having a select group of the community who are token, I, token holders or a group who are voting holders, as it would be, and the rest of the community isn't involved in that process, that's why you start to get what would be described as imbalances within games. And you couldn't roll that out as a AAA title, let's say, you know, Rockstar or, you know, uh, Treyarch wouldn't release a, 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 a DAO game. It, it just wouldn't work for them. 
So there needs to be a lot of work on the concept of how that would transpire and how the community can get involved directly as opposed to just a voting and polling and survey system. Uh, but if we do manage to achieve that, it, it will spawn a new range of games that will completely change the industry. I mean, community involvement is something that is massively lacking in the industry anyway, because AAA developers very rarely actually listen to the people at the ground floor or the ground level, whereas comparatively titles that aren't as high up in the AAA level, they're, they get away with a bit more community engagement and they can make a couple more mistakes along the way, so it's okay. Uh, but there's always that barrier there. Okay, and, and uh, decentralized autonomous organizations that was for teams instead of for games. Could you see like an eSport team that you manage um, being governed by a DAO in the future? By all means, by all means. That, that's something that I'd be completely on board with. The idea of a community-owned team is something that exists in traditional sports as it is now. There are football teams, soccer teams who are actively owned by the fans. So if that's something that was to be brought in, if we were to have a, a, a DAO team, then yeah, it would be perfect. It would be a team for the people, which is what every team sort of wants to be at the moment, but can't be. Yeah, exactly. And that's like coming back to the basics of why you're cheering or being a fan of a team is because you you want to you wanna be the team. So now with, uh, with NFTs and with uh, those governance tokens, people can be part of a specific team um before i have a few more questions but uh but i wanted to share already here if people if, if um people in the audience if you have questions you can raise your hand so we can put you on stage if you prefer you can uh post your questions in uh, the chatter and uh, i will read them out loud so you can or post the questions in chatter here on discord or raise your hand and i'll uh, drag you on stage um Okay, then um, another question from me before we uh, tackle the questions from the audience. So blockchain technology tends to have a high entrance barrier. So it's, uh, and, and especially like you said, for eSport gamers, um, it's like that, that level of trust uh, that you need to, need to have to embrace blockchain technology. Would you say that have we reached a point where technology exists to completely override the technical uh, intricacies of user onboarding when it comes to wallets um, and, and social logins. So, yeah, maybe in other words, would you say that the technology is already easy enough to be integrated by, by gamers or uh, not yet by you? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about an industry of people who, well, first of all, let's break down the demographic. If we're talking about gamers who are in the, you know, the general demographic, which is that 13 to sort of 18 range then maybe not they might not have the literacy computer literacy to be able to handle some of these things but when you talk about the 18 plus gaming community absolutely we're talking about people here who back in the day may have you know been involved in the the, the, the torrenting hype that used to happen and people who were involved in active downloads and they wanted to understand how to make their experience better most gamers these days are at least somewhat computer literate when it comes to being able to take apart a unit or when it comes to uh, working within their games i mean counter-strike global offensive has the console system and if you put a, a, a newcomer in front of that console system they won't understand it but you spend a, an hour or two hours understanding it it's very simple so i think gamers are a perfect market purely on the basis that they're already techno technologically savvy 
they're already involved in technology and therefore they can adapt and adopt new technologies quite quickly. The issue that you obviously have is that you have to overcome the issues of um, the, the news, the media, as it would be currently. And then you also have to overcome issues of one person who's interacted with, let's say, for instance, Venley and found it extremely simple. They might have a friend who tried to interact with, for instance, PancakeSwap. And they're going to tell you, well, no, it was incredibly difficult. I had to make this wallet. Mm -hmm. I had to connect it through this way. I had to do X, Y, and Z. If we get to the point where it is as simple as social logins and, you know, creation, wallet creation as easy as it was with Venly, for instance, we won't have any problems. But the way that it sits at the moment, I see more and more people asking questions about how to do it. And I think that there just needs to be someone who comes out and says, this is the industry standard. This is the guideline. This is how you mm -hmm. do all of this stuff. Because at the moment, there isn't really a place for that where newcomers can come, sit, read or listen and get all of that information from an unbiased source. Because at the moment, all that information that is available either comes from existing wallets, existing projects, or individuals who are involved with projects and wallets. So... Although I think the technology is there and I think it's simple to use and I think gamers won't have a problem adopting it, I do think there's always scope for improvement and I think everyone will agree in that matter that we can always do better. Yeah, definitely, especially when we're talking about bringing blockchain um, to the mainstream, we definitely need like better, more easy-to-use tools to, uh, to really adopt to the mainstream users. Um, there's one thing that I um, didn't wrote down in my notes, but I wanted to ask um, now is that when we talk about bringing blockchain um, to the masses or, or bring it to mainstream and that gaming will help with that is, or how do you see demographic wise? Because we, if, if we talk about mainstream is bringing to um, uh, men and women um, and is, isn't gaming uh, 90% men, in my experience it would be 90% men, but, but how do you see it like? From, from your experience in the industry, is it more and more women playing esports as well? I think, I mean, ninety percent is a little high, but not too high. It's somewhere in the region of the eighty percent is what is the most accepted figure currently. Um, but yeah, there is a very very harsh demographic for esports and for gaming where it's majoritably men. But we are now seeing the development of. Um, more females coming into the industry and into games generally. And this can be noted by the change in generational demographics as we're going forward. There's less emphasis on gender roles in the general world now, so that it is more accessible for women to get into esports. There's also a lot of uh, esports teams that are pushing to get women into esports and to get women into gaming. There's more games coming out that are tailored towards women and more tailored towards their style of gameplay. But the fact is, at the end of the day, there's an existing industry in, in women's esports. Although it may not be as big as the men's industry, there is an existing one there. And quite frankly, I wouldn't put myself up against any of the top tier females. They're, they are incredibly good at what they do. So I don't think there's an issue with regards to getting the demographic in. I think it's a time issue, and I think we're, we're on the cusp of a generational change now whereby the idea that women don't play video games is going to just disappear and dissipate completely. But if anyone was ever to say to me, would you make a prediction that women's esports is going to be bigger than men's esports in the next 20, 25 years? I'd, I'd say no, just because traditional sports hasn't seen that, and they've been around for 100 years. So I think there's scope for growth, and there will be development, and there's continued development. But I think the industry's already starting to embrace the idea of female 
esports teams and the idea of more female gamers. But once again, you're dealing with an industry of people who are anonymous, people who are hidden. And there will always be that level of trolling and that level of um, misogyny that exists within the gaming world and within the gaming industry and has done since uh, since time immemorial, as it would be. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I hope um, I hope it's going to continue to grow, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking if you want to if you want to bring blockchain really into mainstream, maybe we're going to need another type of application uh, with blockchain that is appealing more um to to other demographics as well so that yeah do, do do you have a prediction of course million dollar question um but the prediction what a killer app would be for a woman to uh, to embrace blockchain more than than men i mean it's it's all about just looking at what women tailor towards in existing gaming markets uh you, you'll find that the traditional sort of game markets are dominated by moba and first person shooter well, what's outside of MOBA and first-person shooter that have good female teams at the moment? I mean, we've got games such as Rocket League or we've got games such as... But they're all very male-dominated still. So I think the core thing to create in this idea is you'll just need to find where the female demographic are playing their games. Demographically, more females play The Sims than males. So if that's the case then you know already well people like simulate with females like simulation games let's move towards that direction it's all about focus group and understanding what the demographic wants and what they play regularly because for instance you're not going to create a call of duty 2.0 and just put everyone in a pretty dress and say this is how you attract women because you're going to offend more people than you're actually going to attract of course yeah yeah, cool. Good, uh, good insight. Good thought. Um, uh, we have a first question or a double question from someone in the audience. Uh, first question is: Is gaming planning to switch to another blockchain or create their own personal blockchain? So at the moment, we we don't have intentions of uh, moving anywhere. We're we're going to continue on the route that we're taking. But at the end of the day, things can change. We can always have uh, issues. We can always have. Uh, better offers as it would be but at the moment we're very happy where we are and we're intending to to continue to push forward okay cool and then the other question from the same person is uh, more about the token sale it's um is there going to be new token sale and if yes when should we expect their native token to be on exchanges of course you you're not obliged to answer those questions but if you want to talk more about it feel free to uh, to give an answer yeah, I mean, we haven't put a uh, we haven't put a time out there yet for listing or purchase, but um, public sale will will be coming in in within the next hopefully with, before the end of the year. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, before I I go to the next questions from the audience, people you can also raise your hand and come on stage and then ask your question directly to uh, Joseph. Um, Joseph, we we often ask and like to know your view on that. Is if if you were like if, if you had to decide on who we would invite next for a Bentley expert talk, who would you say? Okay, guys, Bentley, you really need to have this person on the, on stage. Who would that be? Oh, I mean, there's a whole plethora of people you could invite, but um, <laughs> I'd I'd love to Can see. Choose three. <laughs> okay, I mean. We'll we'll go for one obscure. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever come across uh, Marcus Howard, Marcus Esports Howard. He's a great, great mind in the blockchain and esports industry. Um, I'd, I'd suggest everyone who who can go follow him on LinkedIn. 
Uh, he's got a lot of publications coming out at the moment uh, with regards to innovating gaming and esports and blockchain and demographics in esports. A lot of the stuff that we've actually covered here, he's he's very well versed in. So uh, he he would be a great example of who I'd love to see on one of these, just because I, I feel like he would do much more justice than even I can in terms of explaining the industry and explaining how the demographics work. Um, outside of that, I would love to see a major, major actual involved entity getting into one, getting into these types of discussions. Because at the moment, although we hear about um, partnerships that are existing, so, you know, Socios is a great example. They have like 56 partnerships with major teams. But when have you ever seen Socios do an AMA with um, Barcelona Football Club? You know, it doesn't happen. So what I'd love to see is some one of these major partnered corporations actually have someone take their time out of their company and come and talk about what their company is trying to do in the in the industry, rather than just getting the sound bites that we usually get from the company as a whole. Interesting. Yeah, you did you did an excellent job explaining the um, the, the the world of esports and uh, the combination of of blockchain gaming. Um, I was super. Yeah, for me, it was super interesting. I think for everyone here in the audience as well, uh, we have recorded everything. So if, if you want to listen again, uh, people in the audience, you can always listen again to this talk. Uh, I believe it's it's very fascinating to see how such a big industry and growing industry like esports will and how and when they will adopt blockchain gaming and, and which will be the first drivers to, uh, to bring blockchain uh, to mainstream gaming. So thank you very much, Joseph, um, for, for this talk and for being here, for taking the time to explain this. Um, if there are any socials that we can follow you on, feel free to share them in the chatter as well, like your personal Twitter as well, because I believe that, that you will have a great content about esports uh, on there as well. Or if, if there are other channels, we are happy to, uh, to share them and to follow. Uh, there are any other like closing remarks from your end, things that you wanted to share, but you weren't able uh, to share here? No, no, by all means. Uh, I, I've, I've said everything I think I need to. Uh, obviously, everyone, uh, go check out gaming.io. I will post the uh, the Discord server into the chatter as well, along with some of my socials. But um, yeah, thank you for giving me the time to talk and uh, and for inviting me here. It's uh, It's been great. Of course. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, big thanks for, from everyone. And uh, yeah, let's continue the discussion here in Discord. Thank you, Joseph, and talks everyone.